Hello, friends, and welcome to To The Point, the home services podcast that focuses on marketing and operational solutions to help you get better. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Now, let's cut through the bullshit and get to the point. Hey, what's up to the point listeners? It's your host, your boy, your favorite person in the whole wide world, Mm. Chris Yano. Welcome to the Point Home Services Podcast, along with my co-host, Mr. Tall Paul Redman, my friend. How you doing? Chris, I'm doing well, man, but I got to admit, I got to come clean about something. Can we just, can we have a moment? Okay, go. Okay. Remember at the beginning of the year, you asked us to write down our goals? Yes, sir. Well, I've been chipping away at them, and, uh, but I feel like there's something I need to share with you. Um, one of my goals was to spend more quality time with my wife, particularly in the evenings, you know, four kids, it's hard to get them to bed. And I got to share something with you. Oh, full boy. transparency. Okay. Okay. Let's we hung see. out last night. We watched some TV. Um, but the choice of programming may disappoint you. Um, I watched The Bachelorette. Um, and that's, I just, I need to share that with you. But really, what I need to share is that I kind of liked it. That's par for the course, though, Paul. I don't think anybody that's listening has listened to this show long enough thinks like that's, that's right in line with what I would expect you to watch. I mean, remember when you watched the contain, what was that show where you learned how to organize that you loved? Oh, Marie Kondo, the, the folding t-shirt lady. Yeah. That's when I was first disappointed in you. No, so. no, I appreciate you understanding, but I learned something on that show. So think about this, the, the bachelorette, she was 39 years old, beautiful, smart. The whole, the whole package has like 40 guys who are now, you know, quarantining to, to spend time with her. And she said something on there. She was like, I don't know why it's so hard for some, for me to have to beg somebody to date me. And I just thought for a second, like, and that's a red flag. Like <laughs> what, what is someone not telling her? Maybe she doesn't know, but that brings me to our guest today because maybe people just don't know. And so we're going to, we're going to talk about it. Wow. That was a stretch on the segue. You think so? I think so. But like, oh. I appreciate the effort. I'll give that to you. Um, so listen, I thought you were going to say, for those that don't know, maybe listening for the first time, I'm the CEO of a company called Rhino Strategic Solutions, which is a digital marketing company for the trade since 2008. And Paul is our vice president of sales, assumed to have a nice little upgrade there. Well done, my friend. But I thought you were going to talk about your Masogi, which is your hip-hop dancing that you've been slacking on. So I need to make sure you get back on top of that. That's a that's a lot for one year. But no, I'm still on it. I'm still um, still working on it. Well, I'm proud you keep up the good work. Okay, let's get after it. Um, and Kyle, you got to make sure you keep us on track, man, because we'll be all over the place today. So Off one, listeners, thank you so much for tuning back in. Um, this is going to be a great podcast. I know we always say that. Um, but this is a topic that, that Paul and I were talking about ahead of time that we're genuinely curious about. Um, and both these gentlemen that are on the podcast today, um, we I've known for quite a while. And Paul's known one of them even longer. Um, but it's a topic I think that you need to hear because I think there's misunderstanding. Like you said, you know, to your point, Paul, is it's, it's, I've heard about it. Um, and I've, and I've learned more about it and I still feel like I'm kind of confused. So at one, on one point, I'm thinking like, this is a really great idea. And other point, I'm like, why? Um, yeah. yeah. And also Chris, like we know how slow this industry is to change. Right. And so when something new is introduced, like there's a lot of laggards. So I think that this will hopefully help cut through some of that. Yeah, absolutely. But the more I think about it, I think there's a lot of positivity here. And I think you're going to share some good information with us for you listeners. So that hopefully this gives you something else to add your tool belt that you can take out and be successful with. Because the whole purpose of this podcast is to give you good tactical takeaways that you can implement in your business and move it forward. 
So yeah. without further ado, I want to get to introducing our guests. Uh, and by the way, gentlemen, thanks for flying in and doing this in person. This is fantastic. It's a real treat. Appreciate you guys doing that. Um, First from, standing guest, right? Tom is standing yeah, right now standing at the microphone. Yeah, one standing guest. Um, yeah. Both, I mean, both flew in from Texas, right? Uh, two and a half, two-hour flight, somewhere like that. Yeah. Uh, I've been back and forth there quite a bit. Um, so let me hop right into this. So Ian and I actually go way back to way back. <laughs> 2014, that seems like way back today in the technology space, Ian. That's actually light years, okay? It is. Like the um, iPhone 7. Yeah. So, we go back to the iPhone uh, 7 We go back plus. to the iPhone 7. Uh, so, uh, Ian McKean, you were 20-plus years with service experts, about 22 or something around that. Yes, around there. So you 22. Basically, uh, um, yeah, so that's the first time I had met you. And um, you're, now, when you left, you were president and COO at service experts, right? Correct. Okay. Um, and then I'll let these guys do more of an introduction on kind of where they're at today, but I want you to want to, um, you know, put that part out there for Ian. So uh, thanks for coming in. I'm so grateful that you guys made the time. Um, and then my good friend, Tom Tao here, uh, Tom Tao, another 20 plus year guy, but you were at Linux, Linux, uh, where Paul also came from. That's right. So yep. Paul I'm known Tom. Great guy. Good to see you in the studio and good to see you in jeans. I think I've only seen you in gray slacks and a, a tucked in. Nordstrom dresser for the last 20 years. You're absolutely right. I, I don't think I, I don't normally wear jeans. Um, you look great. My home my home office look is uh, is shorts, but yeah, that virtual deal it's changed the game up a little bit. Don't stand up. It has. Yeah. And we're ca- we're casual here at to the point. So you look you fit right in. Yes, we are. So you, Thank you. um so you were the when you left Lennox, uh, you were the director of field marketing, is that right? That's correct. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. So, but now today, so Ian is the uh, is now the COO of the current company that you guys are with, Service First Financial, and you are the v- Vice President of Contractor Development, right? That is correct. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, thank you both for being here. <laughs> I'm kidding. I was kidding, Kyle. Thank you. I was just giving you a hard time, man. No, seriously, appreciate you guys both being here. Um, we The questions that we've been through that we've, you know, I think are going to actually get to the Finally make it super clear, crystal clear, and if nothing else, really stir up a great conversation and have people chase it down. So the good thing about our listeners is they're really great at responding to these and asking a lot of questions and then asking to reach out for more questions because the whole purpose of this thing is, again, to be helpful, um, to serve the home services community that we're all tied into. So um, first things first, and you guys can kind of go back and forth however you want. This is very conversational. Is um, just kind of give us a little bit on the background uh, of what you guys have been in for the listeners, so they kind of understand. Even though I gave the twenty plus years, that's a lot of that's a lot of time. Um, that's longer than Kyle's life. Uh, so let's that's give right. a little background there, and then talk about um, you know service first financial and like how it came about, and just all that you know what it is. All right, I'll start, and um, I, I'm Tom Tao, and I, I was with Lennox. Actually, it's thirty three years. Um, Great years. 33 years? 33 years. How the hell was I so far yeah. off? Uh, that's okay. that's when I was four. That's, okay. that's wild. So, that's right. So, you so were LinkedIn only goes so far back. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. It, it's not a good thing when you're in there and you see though many, those many years of all the different jobs and all those things. I, I, I calculated the other day I spent uh, 19 years at corporate, 14 years in the field, and I moved a total of 10 times. So it was a great experience. Um, but uh, this is kind of an exciting, fun thing, yeah, a new sure. chapter. And um, I find myself, even though it's contractor development, I, I find that a lot of my role is uh, is coaching, teaching. Um, I have a daughter who's an elementary school teacher, so I, I guess I start need to start paying attention to more of what she does because uh, that's a lot of the the message and the things that we're doing today. Sure. And and recruiting contractors and and 
informing them and teaching them a little bit about what the program is and trying to help them uh, get involved. Well, and you'd say it's certainly still relate, like this still is relational. Like where you came from, what you're doing now, all still is relationship based. Like you're trying to create these relationships. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and the people that we're contacting right now, um, it's all coming out of my Rolodex. It's people that um, have, have provided us referrals to other contractors who've mentioned leasing or had some type of interest in it. Um, you know, at some point, I'm sure we'll run to the end of that and go further. But um, yeah, it's absolutely about all those relationships and all those years. Well, for you to make such a major shift like this um, and go all in, you really got to believe. So I'm excited to kind of get into this to kind of hear your take on all this because, you know, 33 plus years at Lennox and I mean, I'm curious to get into it. So, Ian, if you would share a little bit of your background as well. Sure. First of all, Chris and Paul, thank you for having us. It's kind of interesting when Tom brought up coaching and teaching, he looked at me. So, (laughs) obviously, uh, you know why we have him on board. Yeah, my background, 25 years in HVAC, actually started out with Lennox. And then when Lennox actually started acquiring companies back in 98, I became the third employee of what was called Lennox Retail. And then eventually we acquired Service Experts. And moved from Toronto down to Dallas, spent the next uh, 22 years with service experts, various capacities, various roles. Um, We actually sold the business in 2016 to Intercare Solutions. And Intercare Solutions wanted to come into the U.S. market with a rental program. Being from Canada, I understood rental. You know, uh, had a water heater in our house, $13 a month. Never thought about it. Moved to Dallas, water water heater uh, explodes, water everywhere. Plumber comes, talks to me, and says it's $1,800. I go, what do you mean $1,800? $13. So we stood that program up across uh, the 95 locations and continue to have great success with that program. I know they are, they're very successful today. Uh, my last role, like you said, was president and chief operating officer. Um, I was getting a little tired of the corporate world. I uh, was actually thinking about retiring. Went away, spent some time with my wife, went to Europe, um, looked at the golf course every day. And what was interesting is all the time that I was doing that, a former individual that I was involved with when we acquired the company from Lennox and sold it to Intercare Solution was actually looking at the U.S. market and was wondering, could, you, could they start a program that worked with independent contractors to lease HVAC? And a news reached out to me a couple of times and said, you know, are you interested? I said, you know what, I, I kind of like what I'm doing right now. I'm kind of relaxing. I'm taking it easy. He said, can you give me any advice? I said, sure. You're going to need a lot of money. To do this. <laughs> You're going to need a lot of capital. And I said, go ahead and do that. And uh, you know what? I'm just going to go back to doing what I'm doing right now. And uh, come back and talk to me in a month. So he came back and talked to me in a month. And he says, I've raised the capital. I said, in a month? really? <laughs> I said, how did you do that? Now, his background he was always been in private equity and investment banking. Oh, so it. he had a lot of contacts. So he had a good little Rolodex already yeah. going. Gotcha. But he had been through all 2018 developing a business plan for this and essentially went into private equity and sold them on a business model that the business hadn't even started yet. And I said, that's fantastic. But I said, if you're successful, you're going to have to go back and raise a ton more capital. Mm-hmm. Six weeks later, eight, eight weeks later, he calls me back and says, I've done that too. (laughs) He says, why don't you come on board? I said, no, kind of like what I'm doing right now. Uh, Golf games are getting worse, but I'm going to keep on trying it and just kind of enjoying life. I said, the other thing you're going to need is you're going to need training. 
Because if you're going to go to independent contractors, you're going to need trainers. He calls him back in a week and says, I've got the training stood up. He says, would you like to come on board? I said, you know what? I said this to my wife 22 years ago. Let's give Dallas a shot. I said, why don't we give this a shot? And essentially, that was the formation of Service Source Financial. Uh, since then, we've been standing up contractors on the program, setting up our systems, obviously onboarding uh, what I call a salt of the earth guy and Tom Tao and developing the contractor relationships. He's all right. He's all right. He's untucked. Um, <laughs> but my responsibility really is working with contractors because of my almost my entire career was in operations. I work with the contractors. I have the relationships with the manufacturers, OEMs, and the distributors. So we've got a good balance of a team of HVAC individuals, private equity investment banking, which you need in this type of business because there's so much capital to deploy in terms of funding the leases with contractors. That is a good balance of the team, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur. Um, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night sweating, going, why did I do this? <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. It's a great industry, and um, this is very what I would call a disruption. I saw it in my former life. I see it with the current contracts we're on, and it's a pretty cool concept. So, I can't wait to jump all into the, the leasing stuff. Chris, did you have something you no, wanted to add? I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I, I was just going to say that uh, the one thing that sounded really, I understand your hesitation early on, um, and I think what was encouraging to hear without knowing who the other, who the other person is is the speed at which it was progressing. Um, showed a lot of the persistence and and it wasn't one thing it wasn't two things it was like three so if that's who you're partnering with you got to do or you got somebody who's actually getting it done and doing it quick and like one of our previous episodes we have Gary Vaynerchuk on he attributes a lot of his success to speed speed to market speed to do everything yeah. speed to make a mistake and move on and fix it or whatever um, I love that uh, whole mentality so that like gets me excited you know about like yeah let's keep moving you know and just going after it because I feel like especially you guys know from coming in the corporate world sometimes it's like trying to turn the ship you know, it takes forever to get something actually accomplished. Uh, so that part's encouraging. Now, Paul, go ahead, buddy. What are you gonna say? I was just going to say that it, there's so many obvious indicators that the market has an appetite for this and that there's demand, but there's something that needs to break through on the contractor side to explain it to people. And that's what we're hoping to accomplish today. So if you wouldn't mind just to jump right into it, why has leasing been so just standard in Canada? And why is it just absolutely really not talked about outside of um, you know, the, the few contractors who are doing it now in the States. Yeah, it's like a border that big of a, like, I'm, I'm curious to know what the answer to this. What's interesting about the Canadian model is you don't have the level of deregulation up there with the utilities. And that's mm -hmm. essentially was the, the birthright of, of where it took off. And so you had the utilities, especially in the Ontario market, that worked with contractors, so kind of subbed out the work with them. They had their, obviously, their rate bears, their rate payers in the base, and what they started doing is they started actually subsidizing it and having customers that were either paying for gas, paying for electric, that they started them working with contractors and said, we can also get into HVAC from a utility standpoint. And it's almost like a monopoly. Right. So then what started happening is it just started to become commonplace for the, uh, the Ontario customers. You've got two or three utilities. You come down in the U.S., you have two or three in a town. Right. So it's yeah. a lot different. So bringing it into the U.S., um, there's absolutely no awareness. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, people are used to, my system breaks, they have that holy cow moment, and now they're trying to figure out 
well, how do I pay for this? Yeah. And in this industry, it's always been, well, give me cash, give me credit card. We can finance it. And, but you know, if you look back in this industry and you go back 20 years ago, nobody talked about financing. So, you know, the way I look at this, this will become the new normal. And yeah. it's, it's very interesting because U.S. consumers have so much of a choice, but as they start to think about this and they start to think about what do they actually want from their heating and air conditioning system, mm-hmm. they don't want the box. What they want to do is they want to be comfortable. Right. They want warm air when they need warm air, cold air when they need cold air, clean air when they can always get that. And when you think about contractors today and, and how they go in and they communicate with customers, you know, they talk about it, they, they pull out the brochures, they start talking about variable speed. And the customer's looking at them saying, this is a kind of a once in a lifetime, maybe two times in my lifetime experience. I don't really care about that. I don't want a situation where I have to worry about it's going to break. I have to worry about maintaining it. I have to worry about changing the filters. I have to worry about the actual box outside. They just want to be comfortable. And it's the same thing with customers today that I obviously use the analogy. You guys have cable in your home, right? Either have cable or you have satellite. You probably watch three channels. You pay $140 a month and you pay that over 10 years. And you look back and you go, why am I doing that? Well, you're doing it because of the enjoyment factor. So when you take that and you transition that and translate that into our business, every single day, customer just wants to be comfortable. They don't care about the box outside. They don't care about it in the attic or or in the the basement. They want to be comfortable. And they want all the headaches with home ownership to go away. And you'd be surprised how many customers actually when they, they learn about this product, they learn about this service, they go, that makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. Is Is there a convenience piece to this too? Absolutely. Yeah, right. Because people will, like, I pay for convenience. As I've gotten older, I pay for convenience. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, when you have a program that is fully bundled, that includes the maintenance and it includes whether there's breakdowns, it includes the filter chains out 24-7. I can transfer it if I, if I sell my home. There's so many things from a convenience standpoint that they just love the product. And they also love the product that they actually want maintenance but you know what happens when you have maintenance. The guy comes down the stairs, he walks in, and he says, yeah, everything seems to be working, but I found a couple things. But. And you go, what? And he says, well, I, you know, you've got this problem, and you've got that problem. And you know what happens from there. It becomes a negotiation, and the tech feels bad about it. And then they're calling the office, and the, and the office manager or the, or the owner of the business is having to reduce the pricing. So it's a really uncomfortable experience, not only from the homeowner, but for the technician and for the owner of the business. This eliminates all those on both sides of the equation. Tom, I know you're jumping at the bit. Yeah, well, I think there's another factor that uh, timing-wise this is so good because if you think about, and it's partly the difference between Canada and the U.S., but the way people think, you know, it, it's it, there's this old-school economy that is, um, I want to own things, I'm buying things. But the generation is changing, whether it's the millennials or the followers but beyond that. They don't want that. Their new normal is, I, I, want, I want to have a good relationship and I want it to be easy. I'm just looking for the experience. I'm looking for hassle-free. I don't want you know, friction in my buying experience. 
And so more and more that is out there. And, and the challenge is so many um, of the contractors today are still, and, and myself included, are, are at, that, at that point in their life and that age where they still think old, old school economy. They still think about buying things. But that next generation, those next generations coming up, my kids who were aware of this have both said, I would absolutely do that. That's the way they think about things. I mean, you know, it's not just leasing cars today. It's there's subscription services to just use cars when you need them and you pay a certain amount a month. I was looking at one the other day for just for luxury cars. It's like $1,300 a month and you, you know, give them some information and they send you really cool cars whenever you need one. (laughs) It's it's a mindset that's changing though. I'd say that consumer buying behavior. So I think that contributes to, you know, the fact. So when this first came to the States through your former employer, how quickly did it take off and how are they doing with it now? Uh, They're doing exceptionally well. Uh, I, I believe they're, they're still doing really well across the U.S. and Canada with the product. Um, it took time because there yeah. was no awareness. Right. And even in our contractor partners today, you know, some of them get it. Uh, some of them have what we call head trash, that they mm-hmm. look at this and they go, wait a minute, I would never do this. So then they so self-project out onto their customers. And that's the biggest mistake with this program is that you prejudge customers you know everybody thinks it's it's for millennials it's for uh people that don't have either good credit or don't have good access to money you'd be surprised um it it's for those people that just bought their first home and they've just had a situation and they don't have access to that much money to replace their system it's for the individual that lives in a two million dollar home has no debt but just wants comfort, wants to yeah. take that money and deploy it in the market and make a good return on that. It's for the individual, as morbid as this is, is that the kind of end of life and says, hey, you know what? I'm going to put this in the house. I'm going to take care of this. This is going to be worry-free for me. I only got a few short years left. The kids can deal with it when I'm gone because they're going to get the house. But you know what? That's going to be my present to them because they're going to have this worry-free service. It's any customer will have it. You know, it was interesting. We were talking to a contractor the other day. He was going on a call in Ohio and the customer came out and said to him, you know what? I don't want to deal with this anymore. He was frustrated. He said, I just want something that's worry free. And it's like, Hey, we didn't script this guys. We can't believe the guy said that. And we just said, you know what? We've got a service for you. And he said, this is perfect. So you can't prejudge the customers. And I think once you get through that in your mindset, and I saw that in, in my former employer, it just started to take off. And, yeah. and once you start believing it, it's, you know, contractors today, you know, and Tom and I talk about this a lot, you know, the ones that are progressive, the ones that can influence change, there's things that they adopt and put into their business. But once they figure it out, it just takes off. You know, get out of the way, it'll work. And if you believe that you don't want to make the choice for the customer, that you allow the customers to make the options, they'll go with that. And that was the learnings from the past. It's the learnings we have today. SmartAC.com. SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, 
filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. So if I'm a contractor today and I already offer a long-term, let's say 10-year low interest or 10-year uh, you know, moderate interest loan, and I can include maintenance in that, how would this be different? And then what would the benefit be to the contractor? But then how would they cascade that benefit down to the homeowner? Te- teach me like I'm a seven-year-old. Seven-year-old. Okay. So <laughs> Seven. I'll go really slow. <laughs> so we, we get that all the time from, from, from yeah. contractors. Paul, that's a great question. Typically, if you try to bundle it all yourself, in today's arena, a lot of times what they'll do is, is they'll sell, let's say, a 10-year labor warranty to the customer. Mm-hmm. And they may not bundle the maintenance up front because if they have to bundle the maintenance up front, they've got to include those reserves for their labor up front into their pricing. Mm-hmm. So if they start we to hope. do that, yeah, if it's, there's going to be two outcomes. If they do it, great. And then if they also want to include the same thing as the premier program in terms of the filter replacements, the UV bulb replacements, the repairs, they have to bundle all these reserves into their costs. So it's going to have a real negative impact on their margins. If they build it into into their cost structure and they want to achieve the same margins that they're accustomed to getting, suddenly now the price for the customer becomes out of, out of range. It's too high. So they have this balancing act. That, and that's why, you know, even in my former life, we talked about bundling services before even rental was talked about or leasing was talked about. We just economically couldn't do it. And then if we, if we attempted to do it, the price was so egregious to the customer, the customer says, I'm not going to do this. So that's usually the two, two or three outcomes that happens with a contractor that either tries to bundle it themselves, they're either going to take a hit in margin or they're going to have to increase their price or conversely, they may do some things relative to their reserves that they're kind of rolling the dice if there's a yeah. future repair. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a challenge that they have. What kind of impact did you see when you've rolled this out in the past with uh, product mix and average sale price? It's going to go up. Yeah. It's going to go up because you're talking to the customer. That shock and awe moment that when a a contractor will go in there with a good, better, best positioning or four options. And, and they walk the customer through the evolution. A lot of times what they're talking to that customer about is they're talking about 10,000, 12,000, 15,000 in, in the premier program. What you're talking to the customer about is this fully bundled service that includes all these benefits for as low as $140 a month. Oh, you want to upgrade to that, that filtration and the ultraviolet system that we talked about. That's a hundred and, $65 $65 a month. Oh, you also talked about wanting that variable speed uh, technology as well. Well, that's, that's $200 a month. Think about that from a customer psyche. They're, they're hearing 160, 180, 200. They're not hearing 10,000, 12,000, 15,000. They're going, I can't do that because they think in terms of I get paid twice a month or once a month. I know what my budget is. That makes sense to me. Yeah. So when the contractors and the salespeople, the company advisors are talking to the customers in, in that way, especially the way our VP of sales and, and training, John, teaches them, it's a natural for the customer to say, you know what, for $20 more a month or $35 more a month, I want to do that. 
So the salesperson just naturally gets the sale that way. So you're going to see yeah. an increase in your average ticket, which then just drives down to your margins. Because the program is a 10-year program, you secure that relationship with that customer for the next 10 years. You're the only contractor that can do that work. You own that customer relationship. So the contractor enjoys the benefit of, the, of grabbing share, driving higher average ticket, translates to higher margins, secures a customer for 10 years. But here are a couple other things that are a big win for the contractor. Their employees love it. Their employees yeah. love it for a couple of reasons. Because it's a 10-year agreement that they're not having to go out and renew that service agreement every year. Technicians hate having to renew service agreements. So they automatically get hours. They love that. Customer service reps don't need to talk about uh, diagnostic charges or trip charges with customers and try to win them over to get that appointment booked. But technicians also love it because they're going in there. They want to be superheroes. They want to go in and fix the equipment and they want to say at the end of it, and Mrs. Jones, thank you for being a premier program customer. We took care of everything today and there's no charge to you. They love that because they're not in that difficult, awkward conversation saying, hey, Mrs. Jones, it's going to be $300 today for our services. So they love that. So it retains employees longer. So it's a win for the customer. It's a win for the contractor. But the fifth and final thing that's really important for contractors to understand, and this is where, you know, Anuj uh, Khanna, the, the founder of our business, really in his expertise and his background in, in investment banking and private equity, private equity loves reoccurring revenue. Mm -hmm. They love locked in customers. So when you go to sell your business, you're looking at an opportunity that you can sell your business and that either the strategic buyer or the private equity buyers are looking at and saying, you have how many customers locked in for the next 10 years? And you have a reoccurring revenue stream with these customers? They'll pay multiples 20 to 30% higher. And you know, I, I know you guys had Fred in here a while ago. Fred would support that. I was going to ask that question. I wrote M&A down because it's been such a hot topic, like we are talking about pre-podcast, and how would that impact it? And that's where I was going is I thought, well, yeah, you got reoccurring revenue. That's got to be better on your multiples, right? Like if you've got – you come in and see that, it's got to be healthy. Um, you guys – I'm going to go back real quick too, and not my, so I don't mean to interrupt you guys, but you talked about a couple things that I thought were uh, like key trigger words. One, experience. Um, I'm a big believer in experiences, uh, early in everything. Uh, but you are trying to create an experience because this is a mental, like this is a shift in how we do it, right? A quote unquote, air quotes, how we do it. You also talked about worry-free. So you hit two key things there, right? Like I want to make sure this is a really good experience. It's easy for me and I don't have to worry about anything. Right? I just want it to work. I just want to be comfortable. I want to go home and my and I want to go home and the shit works. It's cold and it's hot and I feel good. Like the air is clean, whatever. So I want to go back to the homeowner real quick because I know we kind of went down the contractor path. But um, my wife and I were talking about this this morning. Um, yes, this is our life because she's our COO. We're in the same world as you guys too, just different, you know, different platform. But we were talking about this whole leasing program. Um, and she was asking me, you know, well, what if like, um, you know, what if somebody, you know, who's, who can completely afford to buy a new system, whatever they want, you know, why? And they could write the check like today, you know, the, you know, for 12, 20,000, whatever it is, they could write the check and be done with it. That person, why would they go? Um, this route, like why would, what's the, what's the off, like the compelling offer for them to go that route? Like I try to help me understand like the, that, that mental piece of it. That makes sense. So it, the easy thing is it's, it's there, there is no risk of ownership. When you buy it, you own it. And if something happens, you're responsible. I mean, you got to get the contractor back out there, but you're right. responsible for it. 
the risk of ownership stays with us. And the, con- the, the customer is paying for that through their monthly service, but they're paying that monthly service, you know, when something goes down with uh, their streaming package, they just expect it to be fixed. Not going to cost them anything. That's why they're willing to pay, you know, whatever that number is over a 10-year period. It's similar to that. Um, but, I, I mean, I think that's the, the biggest piece is you can do it, but you have that risk. Right. We had a situation, we talk about different customers up in the uh, Virginia area um, two weeks ago. Uh, this is an attorney, and he's a partner in his law firm. Young guy, has a wife and two kids at home. No debt, house is paid for. Uh, put in a very nice system, um, high-end system, and he put it on the program. He could obviously write a check and pay for it. Why? He travels a lot, and he didn't want his wife and kids to have to worry about anything. Oh, if he's point. gone and there's a problem, make a phone call. They come fix it. You don't have to pay him anything. They hand you a copy of what they did and leave. So Convenience. It, convenience, you know, worry-free. It was, and, it, and it was easy to budget for. You know, I think to, just to take off of Tom's point as well, Chris, you've got that individual that could write a check. But there's a reason why he doesn't write a check. He looks at it and says, this thing's going to be $15,000 out of pocket today. I'm going to take the $15,000. You know what? I'm going to upgrade our kitchen. Or I'm going to throw it in the market because I know I'll make that back. So it's it's a choice for the customer. And that's the that's the mistake that contractors make is they, they drive up to that house and they go, he'll never do this. They'll never do this. And you would be surprised. Interesting. So what about after the 10-year term, right? Then what? Well, we yank the equipment out and <laughs> no, they, they, they have, they have a number of choices. Yeah. Um, and the cool thing about it, it works for the customer, but it also works for the contractor again. So one of the choices is because this is a true lease, just like your car, you can turn it back in. Yep. They're not going to do that. Right. Right. Second choice is they can continue to extend the program and continue to pay a monthly payment for the next three years, the price comes down a couple of percents, you know, every year, but they enjoy all the benefits. The one benefit though, that they don't enjoy is the protection against repairs mm-hmm. because the equipment parts is tied to your typical manufacturer warranty, which is typically 10 years. Yep. So they're going to lose that benefit. They'll still get the benefits of the maintenance, the filters, the UV bulbs. The other option they can do is they can choose to buy it out. Now you own it but all the benefits go away. You don't get the maintenance, you don't get the filters, the UV bulbs, and obviously you're on the hook if there's a repair. The best option is the contractor goes in there and says, you've enjoyed this worry-free service for the last 10 years. Equipment's obviously gotten better. Why don't we just upgrade you to a new system, start a new program, new monthly payment. Again, you've been enjoying the service and that's that's a win-win for everybody. So they they essentially have four options. They have four options. But they're yeah, all I think very positive. That's the the best possible scenario because the equipment will be older in ten years, and the technology will change, and um, it's tough. These are tough decisions to make on the spot as a homeowner. So if you're kind of deferring that, like f- the finality of the decision because it's a lease as opposed to a long term or short term finance, that's where I think the big breakthrough is for the industry. Um, talk a little bit more about the contractor. Um, benefits for maintenance and repairs? Like what are the different nuances versus a maintenance program or a, um, you know, extended warranty? So the benefit to the contractor? To the contractor. To the contractor. So 
with our program, that contractor has that customer locked in for 10 years. Yep. We have a reimbursement schedule that they're reimbursed for the maintenance and service reserve as well. Yep. By type of repair? Uh, it's just a straight reserve, and obviously the part's going to be covered by the OEM. They're going to yep. be on the hook for their labor and, and you know, those indirect costs. So yep. the, the reimbursement is, is covering that. And essentially what they're doing is they're taking part of the reimbursement that they're getting on an annual basis, setting it up on their balance sheet to draw mm-hmm. against if there's a future repair so they can Got offset it. their costs. They're being reimbursed for the bulbs and the high infiltration as well, the filter yep. replacements. So the great thing about it is they, they've got this customer locked in. Uh, they're not having out going to go out there every, every year with the technicians trying to sell the customer on a new agreement, sell the customer on, let's say, filter replacements or, or, or bulbs. It's all part of the service, and they are, uh, you know, making a, a decent little bit of margin on that program as well. But they also have that customer locked in for 10 years. Got you know, I'm, of, I'm, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's just one of the fallacies that, you know, Tom and I have been in this space a long time. You know, Paul, you're in the space. It's tough. This business is tough, and it's tough keeping customers. And if you look at a customer that you try to talk to a contractor and said, if you went back into your system and pulled out 10 years ago all the installations you did and how many of those customers are still with you, you're going to have contractors are going to say, oh, yeah, 80, 90%. And I kind of look at them and go, no, you're not. Even at a renewal rate of 70, 75%, you're still going to be through those customers in three years. Yeah. The beauty of this program is that just doesn't happen. They just stay with it because they love the worry-free solution that it provides. So yeah. the benefit to the contractor is, again, that that retained work, they're being reimbursed for their costs, they are making margin, but they're locking that customer in for 10 years. And so that when that next replacement comes in, they're first in line. Hey, there's that's a benefit true. there for Rhino, too. So you don't have to market to that customer that we're trying to keep, right? <laughs> right. You're just yeah. bringing new customers in. Everything you're doing is bringing new customers into that contract. I'm, I'm not sure that's a benefit for them. I think that's <laughs> well, a no. disincentive for them. That's actually a, the opposite. Um, but I'm with you, Tom. But you, uh, and I'll, actually what's kind of neat about that too is if you look at it from like what you are talking about, Ian, is if you lock them down for that 10 years, um, even if they're being solicited and you know they're going to be solicited, the homeowner I'm talking about, um, the odds of them leaving has to be so slim, right? Because they're already locked in. Like it's already convenient, it's already in, in the program, and you as the contractor now, are, you, you can start to, to gain market share with sustainability. Um, and you don't, I mean, which is kind of nice because I feel like you could really start to come up with good projections based off of those higher numbers to move the, to move the business forward. So I just was thinking from a market share perspective, like you kind of got it unlocked. There's not really much, and the retention rate's got to be high at that point. Um, That's You're absolutely right. And because the lease agreement, the lease agreement is that contractor is the only contractor. So the premier program authorized contractor is the only one that can work on that home in the residence. Yep. It's not like your, your third party warranty where all I have to do is prove that I have maintenance. No. And this is something that's really great about the program. And we often get that, that concern from contractors is you're going to take my customers or who owns the customers. Our answer is you own the customer. That customer is yours. You're the only one that can work on that, that equipment. And you've essentially taken that residence off the market. And to Chris's point, you're going to grab share. You're going to grab share 
and you actually take the seasonality out of your business. Because as you grow these, you you know, contractors always talk about skill set. When I'm sending a tech, I'm always talking about, you know, right skill set. You're now starting to talk about route optimization. You're almost in the bug and 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 in the lawn business because now you're just trying to route your technicians as effectively as possible to reduce your operating costs because you have a locked in customer. The other surprising thing that we learned early on and we're learning it from our contractors, customers are more willing to open up their door because they don't feel like a high pressure sale. Like you're always in here trying to give me options because essentially with the program, you've already given them all their options. You've already upsold them. It's a win-win for them. And they're just allowing you into the home because they know if there is a repair, that's on the contractor. That's on service first financial. It's not on them. So they're more willing to let you in. I have to imagine OEMs love this concept, right? I mean, Tom, I'll put my OEM hat on for a minute. I mean, how hard is it to move mix? And I'll say it another way. One of the more frustrating things for me is, uh, you know, professionally, and then also just as a neighbor, you know, in my neighborhood, is when, uh, you know, one of my neighbors has to make a decision about an air conditioner or furnace or whatever it is. And I send a, a, a recommendation over and they end up getting basic entry level stuff. And, you know, there's such a missed opportunity there to really, really get something that's good for your home that you can enjoy. So anyways, I know that was more of a, a statement than a question, but um, I have to imagine OEMs love this, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a sort of interesting dynamic. It, it absolutely is great for mix. Um, as a company, you know, we're brand agnostic. I mean, there's a, you know, a, a full list of all the national manufacturer brands that are, can be used on this program. But any one of those brands, no matter who it is, they're more likely to sell upper-end product. They're more likely to add on a UV light or a, a filter, a, you know, a high-end filter, um, just simply because they're talking about that, that simple monthly change in price. And it's just a, a, it's not a $1,500 step to add IQ. You know, it's a $17 step. And, and the psychology of that for the homeowner, they end up happier at the end because, like you said, instead of spending ten grand and getting that entry-level product that they found out they got later, they, they, they spend a price that they know they can afford, but they got the best instead of taking good. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to take it back for a second. Um, just so our listeners know what OEM stands for, do one of you two want to explain what that acronym is? Yeah, so that's original equipment manufacturer. Okay, it's and so and thought process wise, a, a distributor thinks a lot the same way. I mean, sure, they'll have the same kind of conversation. They would love to see mix up too. Um, it's it's better for profitability. Ultimately, you know, there's kind of that piece that I don't think everybody recognizes yet. Imagine, you know, those companies that only sell high end, they're not having a lot of complaints about the comfort in the home, right? Right, yeah. or the sound. Typically, you know, you get a better equipment, it's quieter, it's more efficient. You know, we don't sell it this way, but certainly that efficiency level could help offset, you know, the difference in the price going from, you know, that 14 seer entry level to a 21 or 22 or 25 seer product. And it's cliche, but people with nice equipment talk about it, right? How many times, Chris, have I talked about my XC25? I know, man. Just taking pictures with them. Just love it. Anna Anna and Elsa, they just had their third birthday. I got a maintenance this year. That's the name of them. You named your yeah. For, oh my gosh. Yeah. So I want to take this back real quick. So because I'm going to go back to the co- how the contractor thinks. So I'm going to play devil's advocate advocate for just a second. So couldn't they just sell all the extras included into the program and into the quote and then finance it 
and they would be a lower monthly lower monthly expense so the the, the way the math works it, that's the first thought process and first objection we normally hear right this well I, I can include those things but when they lay it out they don't they forget to go in and say well okay I got to have the cost of the UV bulbs I have the cost of the filter I have the cost of 10 years worth of maintenance contracts I have to put some additional reserve in there because I'm going to cover the the labor on on a a warranty claim. So you're really not call. comparing apples to apples so, initially, right? So, so they're thinking that they're doing that, and they're thinking, I'll just go buy um, the extra 10-year labor warranty, and I'll be covered. But that's just covering that labor piece, and you get part of that back. It, it's not the whole price. If you include everything that's included, you end up with a lower margin job if you want to try and keep that payment less okay. than what's included in the, in the program. Yeah, I think, Chris, when you add apples to apples and compare apples to apples, you, you can do that. You're going to take a hit in your margins. But the, but the payment, what the customer pays over the life of the contract, if it's a 10-year, it's going to be the same, if not more. Um, so it's just a real challenge for contractors to come up with a fully bundled program. And either that or they're setting their reserves aside and, again, standing up their labor costs on a balance sheet – or they're going out and buying a third party and they go and buy a third party and then they, you know, they submit the claim. They've got costs associated with that. And, you know, the third parties, they're, they're into this business for breakage. So they're going to deny claims and they've got margin built into it. So um, it's very difficult to bundle it. And, you know, again, being in the business for 25 years, uh, we tried to do this in my former life and just, we were not successful at it. Does this make it easier if, okay, so this, I just, this thought just popped up in my head. <clears throat> so does, because we have a lot of listeners that aren't HVAC, but might be plumbing or electrical or whatever. Um, does this process make it easier if you were to add HVAC as a service? I mean, does you, I don't know. So if I'm somebody that's uh, on here thinking like, oh, I'll see about doing HVAC and then I can bring on one guy who is responsible for my service repair work. Does this at all make it easier for them to add that as a service? Does it not? I don't know. I'm not sure. So you're talking about a plumber or an electrician or another it? service business that says, hey, we want to add a, I'm gonna give a department HVAC, that does HVAC. And I'm going to do it because this is a, an option for us to go this route and it's guaranteed. Like, I'm trying to think as if I'm somebody, I'm a plumbing company and now I'm going to add HVAC. I'm going to start by doing this. Yeah. Is that anything that, like... It's because it would still be no different. You still have to have somebody who's a skilled technician, right? That has to come in and provide yeah, the service. Yeah, you're you're going to have that. But what's interesting about it is, once you start doing this in HVAC, you can also do it in water heaters. You can do it in generators, and it's a lot easier to transition the customer because once they experience the worry-free service on one part of their home, well, then when there's the need that comes up for another part of their home, so suddenly their water heater goes out. They're so used to this on the HVAC side, they go, yeah. I want to do this in the water heater side as well. So it's a lot easier to transition from that customer. And, you know, from today, how contractors try to do it, you know, there's a lot of marketing. You try to do a lot of cross marketing, but because it's so unique and it is such a worry-free service, it's a lot easier for the plumber to talk about it, the technician to talk about it, or the electrician to talk about it. You made a good point that it actually gives you a, uh, an additional marketing opportunity. Right, that, that differentiates you from your competitor. You become the complete service. And, you know, when we talk to contractors, you know, we talk about the ideal contractor, uh, you know, obviously the longevity in the market. You know, Tom talks about, you know, 
can they instill change in, in their business? Are they proactive thinkers? Are they progressive thinkers? Are they marketers? You know, are they, are they sales oriented? When they start thinking about how they can actually transition their business and really totally own the customer and become a one-stop solution along with their longevity in, in the marketplace, that's powerful. That's very powerful. So I'm sorry, I'm railroading this, Paul. Okay. Um, so you, because you just brought it up, are there some commonalities between some of the contractors that are, that are, that are using this that are thriving? Like, are you seeing like, Hey, this type of contractor is, has, um, the best characteristics they're using that they're doing phenomenal with this offering. Like, is there some sort of like schematic for that type of contractor that you know will be successful? Yeah, it's, you know, we have a magic bullet, I would say, but the, but the number one element that's going to drive this program and it's like anything they do in their business, do they own it? Do they believe in it? Do they have a champion of the program? Because when you're in there and you're talking to the technicians and you're talking to the comfort advisors or the CSRs, they're going to turn around and they're going to look at the back of the room and they're going to look at Chris or they're going to look at Paul and they go, do you believe in this? And if you guys blink, you've lost them. Right. So okay. it's about having somebody that can drive the program. And again, it's not a market dynamic. It, it works in any market. It's not a customer dynamic. It works for any customer if you just give them the options. But the big driver is owning it, driving it, reinforcing it. And I'm not saying throw money at it. It's you're passionate about it. it it's, it's like your business. If you walk around this office, and I've walked around this office with you, and they look at you and you're not on your game, well, what do you think happens to the employees that day? Maybe they're not on their game. Right. It's the same thing in this business. So one of the key attributes that we always look at, and we actually judge contractors. We have a scorecard. We look at them, we, we ask them, who's going to own this? Who's going to own premier program in your, in your contracting business today? And when they are able to point it out to us and say, yeah, Johnny owns this or, or Corbin owns this. Okay. That's great. Obviously if they've been in market for a long time, perfect. If they have agreement customers of any size, those customers really trust them. So they're the ones that are going to transition first, but obviously if they're strong marketing, uh, again, progressive thinkers, they're used to selling on monthly payments. You know, they're used to talking to customers about $150 a month or, or $12 a month for a service agreement. They're going to be successful. But the key attribute is they've got somebody that owns it and drives it. Makes sense. Here's what scares me. All right. This is what's going to keep me up at night. We have hundreds of Rhino clients listening to this right now. And they may not be running into this in their market. And they may not run into it in their market. And the reason is, is because I have a feeling that the contractors who are offering this, those consumers aren't giving my customers a chance to even get an at-bat. Do you know what I mean? Like the, the big contractor that's been really successful with this, they're not facing as much competition because they're, all, they're the only one. No, and, and like this isn't for every customer because you're going to have customers that you're, you're going to explain the program to them and they're going to go, that's crazy. And what we teach contractors to say is just to revert back and say, Great. This obviously isn't for you. I'll take this off the table. We can have the install scheduled for Thursday. How would you like to pay today? Cash, credit, check, or you want to finance it? It's not for every contractor. You know, it, there, there is a, there is going to be a success factor that we're going to judge contractors on. And again, we're going to go into markets and, it, and, 
it doesn't necessarily have to be large contractors. It can be small contractors. Uh, we have very small contractors on this program that are very passionate about it. And they just sell it all day long because he believes in it. Yeah. So, you know, there is a an interesting thing about this because of the capital, again, that's that's required for this program. A lot of contractors either don't have access to that capital or don't want to deploy their own capital. So it makes it unique and it makes it very, um, it's it's not widespread in a marketplace. Yeah. Now, talk to me in 20 years. Well, don't talk to me in 20 years. Talk to <laughs> talk to somebody else in 20 years. This will be commonplace. Yeah. It'll be commonplace. Um, and just like- and it's so- yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, just like financing wasn't commonplace 20 years ago. Yeah. We started talking about IEQ back in the, the early 2000s. You know, everybody thought we had three heads. Now, what is it? It's commonplace. Right. Circumstantial. And yep. Think about just how easy it is in the car world to make sense. It makes absolute sense in the car world. Um, two logistical questions that some of our listeners might have. One, I assume they're funded 100% upfront, right? So they're funded less a small... Um, finance fee, but everything okay. else, it's, it's very similar to what they would experience in financing today. Okay. So there's a small Next. fee. They're, they're funded within 24 hours. Once the, the job's completed, they, they up, upload into our digital platform that the customer's satisfied with the install and they're reimbursed within 24 hours. Does the consumer have an option to make a down payment to reduce their monthly lease fee? If they wanted to make a down payment, they, the, the contractor could just take that off the price of the job, yep. and then the monthly payment obviously comes down. Got it. And what about transferability to new homeowners? How does that work? Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. They actually have the op- option, and this is unique with leasing, to actually transfer to the to the new home buyer. So yeah. typically what I what I instruct contractors to talk about is if a customer is, is looking about selling their home, the first thing I would do is there is a buyout, obviously with it because it is a lease. Build that into the price of your home. And then work yeah. with your real estate agent to try and talk to the to the new prospective home buyer about this worry-free service. And if they do that as simple as that at the closing table, they 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 apply online for our program and it's transferred at the closing table. Right. And what's interesting about it is when you start talking to real estate agents about this, they're very intrigued by this as well. They see this as a huge marketing tool for them. Oh. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I've experienced in my life where we had a a townhouse and we had a problem with it and we had a, a system breakdown, so we ended up renting the product. And when the young lady was buying the home, I, I was working with a real estate agent about it. The young lady said, "Now, nah, you know what? I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand what you're, you know, you're talking about. I'd rather just take care, you know, buy the home, and I'm, I'm fine." I said, that, "Perfect, that's fine." About three months into it, the real estate agent calls me and says, "Hey, Susie wants to talk to you. She knows you're an HVAC. The system just went down." So I had to talk to her and said, yeah, if you would have had this worry-free service, he's going to come out and he's going to charge you a labor rate to fix the equipment. And she was like, I could have had all this taken care of for $104 a month. I said, yeah, you could have. So it's transferable, which is which gives a, a contractor another opportunity when they're in the home. Because what's one of the objections that customers typically say to a contractor? I'm going to move in two years. You now have the ability to put them in a worry-free solution for a small monthly payment that they can now market to the new homeowner that it's got great HVAC equipment. It's got a great service in it. Added value. Yep. Yep. So I'm going to, uh, uh, for the sake of time, um, uh, I want to go back to 
this contractor success thing you're talking about. Um, a lot of times with us, as you guys both know, um, you know, if somebody's going to come on board with Rhino, one, we have a reputation, you know, and we've been in the home services space a long time, and really they just need us to move boxes, quote-unquote. But they're always looking for leaders, like the herd mentality. Who are you working with? Because we have some of the biggest players in the space, but we also have some small players. You know, and for us, um, we have to continuously prove and one thing, how we've built this company is by using specific data to show exactly what we've done to help move them forward. I would imagine that you guys have some champions as well that, that you're utilizing the program. Like a perfect example I was telling you guys ahead of time is we have a customer that's getting ready to come on board with us. Um, we're, we're, you know, we're just getting ready to bring him on board. He's had a lot of success with the, pro, with the leasing program, a lot of success with it, and he's a super healthy company, um, which, is super, which is really encouraging. Um, but do you guys have the like uh, some champions of this that you lean on that are kind of feeding you information or data like actually in the market um and then one thing another thing that you or another thing you had said was i have to believe the only way this thing is is true truly successful no matter what uh, no matter the volume of maintenance agreements customers you have or your brand in the market or whatever it is like anything else if somebody actually really gets it like really gets it and they're passionate about it and they're going out and talking to the homeowner about it, it's no longer a sell, right? It's no longer a sale. It's like straight up education, but they're passionate about it. So what's coming out is their true belief, and this is the best thing for you, homeowner. But that's because they also know I'm in, uh, they're in business. They're for profit, right? So they are also wanting to make money. So they have to be going, you know, you, if you understand how this program actually works, what the long-term revenue is of this, so you're not just getting an upfront pop in a sale of, of equipment or whatever, you have got to have a champion who believes on both the business side and the homeowner side that if somebody who's listening to this says, hey, because uh, I know this is exactly what will happen. Hey, who's somebody that we can talk to? That's a reference point, right? Like, do you guys have something like that or, or a group of people or anybody like that that you offer or any data or something like that? Yeah, Anuj and I started talking in just a couple of weeks ago about actually setting up what I would call like a dealer advisory board, something that that Tom's obviously very familiar with. Sure. Yeah, we have a number of uh, champions that are that are successful with the program that we haven't approached them yet and said, hey, we want to actually utilize you guys as a kind of a, a thought leader and, and bounce the program off of, but also, you know, be a spokesperson for this. And we haven't approached them with that uh, concept yet, but we are interested in doing that. And yeah, I, I, there's a couple of them that come to mind right away that, that love the program. Figured. Okay, great. Well, what I want to give you guys a chance to do at the end of this too, is for everybody that's listening, um, is one, how, they, how can they connect with you guys? But let's talk, you know, if, if somebody's interested right now, what's the next step? I mean, obviously they want to reach out, but like, is there something more we should be letting them know that we haven't gotten to yet to help them understand the overall value of the program? Is there anything that we're missing? And then go ahead and finish up with the way that they can get, uh, they can communicate with you or connect with you guys. Let me start there and, and see if I leave anything out, Ian can jump in. Um, I, I, one of the things that we have um, attempted to do in conversations with contractors, it, before we even got started into telling them about the program, is helping them understand, hey, are there things you're doing today in your business that you've just come to accept as good enough because it's really hard to change it, right? So things like um, discounting by your comfort advisors almost every time they get pushback on a sale. Uh, things like attrition on service agreements that you're only renewing at 75%. Um, just the, the, those sort of little pieces that are out there 
um, things that you accept like your customer, your best technician discounting off your flat rate book because he hates to charge the full price. The contractor or the, I mean, the, the technician or your CSR who has the angry customer on the phone because they're upset about labor on a warranty repair. It's like all those things you've just kind of come to accept, right? You've trained your people around them. You've brought in, you know, people to help you get better at what it is, but you haven't really solved the problems. And if you think about it and look at this, what we're seeing result-wise from contractors that are in it and what Ian's previous life they saw and, and kind of the experience up in Canada is, you know, the average ticket price is going up, so they're selling higher but they're not negotiating to do that because going from 188 to 185 dollars a month that's you know it's not you're not you know you, if they go up $2000 they're not trying to get 500 back so you're not giving those things away your technicians go out they do the work the company's covered you hand them a bill that says paid in full they don't owe it so you're not having those negative conversations you have happier customers happier employees you're not having attrition in those customers you've already got, so you can spend your time and money recruiting new customers. You think about all the contractors you've talked to who over a 10-year period, have, they started with 1,000 service agreements, and 10 years later, they have 1,000. Oh, we're selling them all the time. That's because the, the hole in the bucket's as big as the number you're pulling in, pouring in the top. Right. And so if you look at the elements of this program, this addresses every one of those areas that are things that you've come to accept as good enough. So, you know, that's kind of our call to action. If, if you're tired of that standard of good enough and you want to say, hey, let's take care of that and fix it, let's have happy customers. Let's have, uh, you know, the stream. Let's sell the best equipment. Let's put IEQ. Everybody deserves healthy air, right? Well, who, who's, whose family and kids don't deserve to, to breathe the healthiest air that's possible to put in the house? So all of that is, is built into the program and, and made to be as simple it's just like your subscription to Netflix or your subscription to Amazon uh, Prime. Um, you know, there's 150 million people have Amazon Prime. 82% of the households are on that subscription service. Every one of those people understands the value of what they're getting. It's easy enough to convert that and translate it into this program. So how to reach us? It's easy. They can go to www.servicefirstfinancial.com. Uh, there's actually a contractor section in there and they go on and, and there's a contractor explainer video and they can go through the program. They can obviously reach Tom, uh, Tom Tao, and you might want to give them your email address and they can reach Tom as well. And he's responsible for coordinating and, and having the conversations with the contractors. Yeah, it's um, thomas.tao at servicefirstfinancial.com and it's first is one ST. But if you go to LinkedIn, my LinkedIn page has my email, has my cell phone. I can be reached there, anybody that, that knows me from that. Um, and I'm sure when this goes out, you guys include that kind of information. Yeah, and of course, if anybody wants to just reach out to us and have you connect uh, or have us connect you, we can do that as well. So I want to ask a couple quick questions, guys. So the, as you were saying things, some of things popped up into my head. The way I tried to look at this is I put my business brain on, right? Um, and I'm thinking, what do I have to lose? Let's say I kind of. I kind of am in, right? Like I got like a foot and a half in on this thing. I'm kind of believing in it because it gives me a, and I'm a marketing guy, it gives me an advantage. It gives me another option that makes me different than the next guy down who does the exact same shit that I'm doing, right? But it gives me another option. So do you guys find times when you have somebody who's kind of, 
that's their way in sometimes to say, all right, well, this is something else that I can offer. Like maybe it's not all, that's not the majority of what they're doing, but they've adopted it. They're starting to put it out there and they're like, oh shit, this is actually a really good option for me. So if nothing else, it seems like this is a great alternate option to have while you're building your belief in it and seeing how it impacts your business. So it's almost like a baby step into the program. Um, I'd imagine things like that happen or you have some people who adopt it and then don't do anything with it. So I'm sure that's another thing. But it makes me feel like, why wouldn't you at least give it a go for the purpose, if nothing else, at least making you different than the other 40,000 contractors in your location? Is that fair? Yeah, no, that's that's very fair. The one thing that we kind of caution contractors, though, that want to dip their toe in it, we, we love to work with them. But when John's training them, one of the things he safeguards against is do not present this as just another way to pay for your equipment. That's a fatal mistake. Yeah, I agree. I think that makes sense. This is a complete service. Lead with this option. And if the customer says, no, I'm not interested, I want to own it, then put them on a program. Put them on a finance program. Guess what wins in that case? You as a salesperson. Because it's not an either or uh, against my competition, it's an either or against the premier program or a finance sale. At the end of the day, you still close the sale. So we really spend a lot of time educating contractors on the positioning of the program, but also if you go in with it, just thinking it's another option to pay for the equipment, you won't have you won't have as much success. Yep. I often say, listen to John. If you listen to John, you'll be successful. I'm the worst salesperson in this room. But I've listened to John for a number of years and just replicating what he says, how he approaches it. You often hear salespeople come back and say, the reason why I'm successful is I just listen to John. And it's as simple as that. Education, sales by education. Yeah. Do you see a time ever when this is a, Paul, I can't believe you didn't even bring this up, but um, do you ever see a time when this is something where somebody just purchases through a website, through a contractor site? This program, here's all the stuff. You can purchase it. I mean, they still got to go through and do some things, but do you ever see, because think about technology. Think about Amazon and yeah. Google and, like, is there a, like, you can buy filters online. No, this is different, yeah. but you can buy things. People are trying to sell units and stuff online. Yeah, I perhaps, but I still think the value that a contractor brings to customers is so valuable in what they do. And if they do a really good job in the home, you know, low calculations, finding out about issues that are in the home. That is so powerful when it's done face-to-face. Yeah. Uh, you can finance things online. Uh, eventually, we will, you know, you'll get to a point where you might be able to do this online. Um, but right now, I, I still think the most powerful way to position this and gain that trust and that relationship is the contractor in the home. Agreed. So 10 years from now, when people are renewing, you're going to have great contractors who are absolutely going to develop that solution that they send out and says, which unit do you want to upgrade your lease to this year? And they're going to do that. I, I think that'll be the first place that it'll happen. But I agree with Ian. Up front, initially, there's so much value in that relationship building. People are still looking for the relationship and the experience. But if you've had a 10-year great experience and they send you a note and say, okay, this is what's in your home. Here's options A, B, and C. And you say, well, I want one of those. This is the amount. I could see that happening. Tom yeah. just said I'm old school, and I agree <laughs> with him. I, I agree with him. Well, listen. I'm old school, too. Listen, uh, for in our world, you know, the reason that live chat has become so 
important is because people don't want to talk to you. Like, you know, and, and that's, it is what it is. Like you can't ignore it. Um, I a hundred percent agree with you though, Ian, I, I do believe that human contact, all that stuff is the best platform, especially today. But I could see a space when you talk 10 years down the road, like, you know, so that's why I threw it out there. But listen, I appreciate you guys. Uh, Paul, do you have anything that you want to close with? I know we're probably over an hour about this point. No, I would just say that, man, I don't make a lot of big bets, but I would have to bet on this for the industry. There's yeah. absolutely no reason why this shouldn't and won't take off. So I'm, I'm looking for looking for those leading contractors out there who are ready to market themselves a little differently and yeah, we'll that, help them. That's great. Guys, listen, we appreciate you having you you both in here. So well, thank you. We really you. appreciate you. your time today as well. Um, uh, absolutely. I, I, learned, I learned a ton. I always take a bunch of notes on these things. And I said, you know, to Paul, um, We've learned so, we learned so much as hosts of this podcast on different things, and this is just one of those topics that we've been curious about. Um, we knew about it. We kind of discussed it a little bit before. Um, it comes up. We hear contractors talk about it. And anytime we hear like a buzz or anything going around from the contractor world, it's a great topic for the podcast because if they're thinking about it, so are others. And so I um, appreciate you guys coming in and walking through the um, your different questions and answering all that kind of stuff. And, and there's probably a ton more that we could have actually covered that we didn't even get to. Uh, but I encourage you guys as listeners, um, seek it out. Like the worst thing you can do is spend, you know, however long the video is, you know, watching to see what the benefit of the program is. If you didn't, you know, if you kind of half-ass pay attention to this podcast because you're working out or driving or whatever <laughs> or flying, you know, with your mask on. Um, but we appreciate you listeners. Appreciate you guys. Um, I love that you guys are trying to forward think through the industry. You're kind of using some of that, you know, some of what you've had in the past. Um, you're going to have good success here. I'm glad to see that you get, you joined in the company with this because you have so much knowledge too. And I think that you really get it. You really understand it, but you have a heart for the, uh, you have a heart for, you know, serving everybody too. And that's the genuine piece of you that comes to this. So, um, regarding to, to Tom and, and, uh, I know that, listen, I walk in, I give Tom a hug, right? I don't know if anybody ever gave you a hug before. I think the first time I met you, I hugged you and you're like, holy shit, this guy just hugged me. That's how I roll. I, I think you and Brigham. Okay. Nice. Well, my hug was That's better. That's about it. My hug was better. Yep, anyway, probably. appreciate you guys so much. Hey, Paul, thanks for the, your, your considered questions. Kyle, you always crush on the podcast. I appreciate your brother. Um, and listeners, again, uh, if this is your first time listening to it, subscribe. We do all this stuff for you. We give all this information to you. We see the downloads keep increasing over and over. It's awesome to watch it. You know, um, we thank you guys for making us one of the top home services podcasts. We appreciate you too much. Until next time, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to To The Point. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a review in the App Store. And don't forget to share with your friends. Till next time, kick some ass.